we are going to finish up the credible keys and go to praying. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to finish that up. And uh, I left you hanging there a few weeks ago. And uh, time has flown. Did you all get involved in the Bible conference this last week? It's online. <laughs> the, the messages were outstanding. I mean, they really were. So it is worth getting online and watching that. And then, uh, hey, Jeremy, Jamie, am I? I mean, not that they need me amplified, but uh, it was uh, it was a good time. And uh, it was it was uh, it was definitely a bummer because you can't replicate that, you know, the, the event. But but the messages were good. So I'd encourage you. God in his providence, he knows why, you know. So I'm sorry, guys. That's a bummer. We had a fun time, though. It's work, too. Ron worked hard, didn't you, Ron? Yeah, you're probably tired, aren't you? Well, I don't know. God could give you. Me out this well, good. I'm encouraged then. I'm glad. So I'm a little concerned that we've driven the flock so hard. I don't want them to like burn out, you know, because that was it. Really, is strenuous to do all of that. Yeah. Randy took today, kind of took today and rested, which I thought was a good idea, because he really pushed himself very hard. Harder than I would have liked. There was a couple times. It's like 11, 10 o'clock or whatever. And I'm like, Randy, go home. You know. So, all right. Well, um, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. And uh, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for the beautiful singing. Lord, I just, uh, I could hear Ron. I wasn't in here, but I heard him. And I praise God for his beautiful voice. And most importantly, for your praises, Lord, in your in your temple, and your tabernacle in heaven. Your, ta- your temple, not tabernacle. Lord, in the third heaven, Lord, our praises ring, and uh, Lord, I thank you for that reality, and thank you for affecting um, all things here on earth, and thank you for giving us the, the impetus to pray. Lord, uh, pray tonight as we get started, even before our prayer meeting, for those like Randy and uh, Dwayne that were, you know, he was in here working, and he may have something going on in his kidney. We pray for all those things. We'll talk about that later, but Lord, we just thank you for your church. Thank you for a um, young man got saved today. Thank you for your word. I pray we have a great time tonight. Enjoy this time together and that you'd be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So let me refresh where we were. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I've been talking about the, the uh, credibility keys uh, of chapter 4. And so uh, the first, and this really is, way, this is, goes back several weeks, but the first one that we saw was seeking Jesus in verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, uh, we, we faint not. I took some time to talk about how important it is <coughs> there uh, to seek Jesus because he's seeing we have this ministry. Uh, we're looking for it. We're, we're getting after it. Uh, sharing Jesus is in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 2 through 7. Uh, renouncing the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. I brought this up this morning. Uh, in verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, because we're to be luminaries, we're to be lit, lighting it up. And um, and then uh, that takes us down through verse 7. Uh, I'm not going to get into all the details of it, but again, talking about shining the light there through verse 7 and having this treasure in earthen vessels and people seeing Christ through us. And then what we've been talking, then then the suffering for Jesus' sake is uh, is really compiled in verses 8 through 18, the rest of this chapter. And we have covered a great deal of that already. And uh, practically speaking, um, we saw in verses 8 through 10 that we should expect trouble today um, because our hidden treasure is surrounded by trouble. 
uh, we have precious cargo in our carcass, so it attracts trouble. Um, and uh, it's like, you know, pirate ships trying to get after us. We're surrounded by trouble daily because of our skin. In 2 Corinthians 8, uh, or 4, 8 through 10, we see that. And then we, shouldn't look, we should not look at, at suffering through physical eyes. In verse 10, Paul says, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And so nothing's going to separate us uh, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So um, and I know that we covered, we came back, I think the last time we, not I think, the last time we met, there we go, yeah, we, we covered expect eternal results today. In 11 through 12, we saw that living today requires a daily death. You know, Paul said, I die daily. And uh, that we are to shine Jesus through our mortal flesh. Um, and then we uh, got to the third point, which is expect um, uh, re- renewed uh, reward tomorrow, not today. In verses 13 through 15, it says, We have the same sp- uh, spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe, and therefore uh, I and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you uh, for all things or for your sakes, for the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. I like that word redound. You don't see it very often. So because Jesus lives forever, we live forever. We talked about that and we are all in this together. And uh, also we talked about a plan for supernatural results uh, going all the way down to verse 15. And so, anyway, that's just review. So here we are tonight. I want to just take on verses 16 through 18 and uh, wrap this up. It says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. All right, so you've heard it said in uh, sports and athletics where there's no pain, there's what? No gain, that's right. So uh, what we got to do is put suffering in perspective. And if you're dealing with suffering, a great place to go is Romans. So let's go back to Romans chapter 8. Uh, because it's always encouraging to know that there's nothing that's going to happen that God hasn't approved or allowed. Remember, we talked about that last Sunday, uh, Mark. And so in Romans 8 and verse 18, um, Nathan, you want to read that? All right, so... You know, Paul says, the, 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 I reckon, and that word reckon isn't just what they said on the Beverly Hillbillies. That's actually, that means to think, that means to calculate. It's not just, uh, we hear, it's funny, by the way, when you read your Bible, especially King James Bible, Elizabethan English, everybody says, I can't understand the King James Bible. But the words like reckon and vittles and all kinds of these words that Southerners use are found in there. And, uh, and hillbillies. And, yeah, we call them rednecks and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, anyway, little did we know that the reckon is in the the King James Elizabethan English. So, um, but at any rate, uh, so I reckon, and and so he's doing a reckoning, right? He's doing an accounting uh, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. Uh, they're not. They're not 
you know, they're not weighted to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So, like the old hymn says, it shall be worth it all when we see Jesus, right? Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. And so another good verse, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 that helps put these things in perspective, uh, is Hebrews 12, 13. Another good verse to help put suffering in perspective, which no one wants to suffer, but sometimes we're called to it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3, um, Paul says here, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, that ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not re- yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And so, you know, that's a, you know, when we put it in perspective, we really haven't faced nothing compared to Christ. Of course, we're not Christ, but uh, he's not going to tempt us above that we're able. And so, um, and by the way, God doesn't, does God tempt us to do evil? He doesn't tempt us to do evil. Does God tempt us? He tries us, he'll use the word tempt, but he only tempts us to do good. Excuse me, I'm exceedingly thirsty. Okay, so... um, yeah, so he, God will only tempt us to do good. He never tempts us to do evil. Uh, and so if, if through, our, uh, uh, through our management of adversity, it's through our management of adversity that we're able to measure our faith. Now think about that. So how are you going ma- to really measure your faith? It's going to be through adversity. So I'm going to give you a couple verses for that. Uh, let's go back to Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10. Because Paul is able to measure his faith through the adversity that he faces. Proverbs 24 and verse 10. Because um, that's how he, over, he conquers and overcomes it. Anybody want to read that? Yeah, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. So you think, man, I got strong, I'm really strong. Well, actually, we're, we're not that strong. And if we faint in the day of adversity, it's, it's not very strong. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, a verse that you guys all know, Yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So Paul says, uh, going back to our text, you know, in verse uh, 16, he's like, uh, you know, for, for which cause we faint not, right? Uh, though there, you know, there's all kinds of issues that are coming against them. Um, but you know what? We faint not. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So what's growing stronger with the Apostle Paul? Yeah, his, his faith, his, his uh, spiritual strength is... The, the, the more his outward man dies, the stronger his inward man becomes. Uh, and he says that for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So he's able to take his suffering and put it in perspective against the glory that will be revealed. So he's not suffering. I guess this is also practically speaking one of the things that helps us uh, as we exercise our faith is knowing that, that our faith is not in vain in the Lord, right? So... Our faith isn't in vain in the Lord. So we're, we're following the Lord, so whatever we face is worth it. And so if there's no pain, there's no gain. Paul says, man, I can't even begin to tell you 
how little my outward man is worth in compared to the inward man. So Paul has highly esteemed the inward man and lightly esteemed, lowly esteemed his outward man, his flesh. So that's really important to, for us to think about because in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. So he manages his flesh. He doesn't hate himself. He doesn't hate his body. He uses his body to advance the inwards, inward man's goals. And a lot of times what happens is we allow our outward man to really hinder, quench, the Bible says, the Holy Ghost, grieve the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, the inward man, cannot accomplish what he really would like because we're not walking by faith. We're not allowing the Word of God to dwell in us richly. We're not trusting God's Word over how we feel, think, and act. And so uh, point B, God often brings us uh, to a place where we must forsake the temporal for the promise of eternal. And, and so, so God brings us to a place where we must forsake the temporal for the promise of the eternal. You know, everyone's like that, really. We've all, I think everyone in here, hopefully, has made a profession of faith. We're saved. And so we're trusting that when we die, God's going to take us to heaven, right? But the reality is, <coughs> there comes a reality in all of our lives where we've got to forsake all. My grandmother, uh, I, have a, I have been bequeathed a radial arm saw. My, grand, my dad gave it to me. And uh, my grandmother was a carpenter lady. Uh, she was not a carpenter lady, but she was a carpenter lady. So my dad lived in a, this is no joke, lived in a log house. And my, my grandmother made all the kitchen cabinets on this DeWalt radial arm saw. And uh, uh, I inherited that uh, DeWalt radial arm saw. And so uh, I've been using it quite a lot. We've remodeled our bathroom, and, and it's a good, it's still, it's, you know, 19, circa 1950, you know, but it'll rip, it'll cross-cut. It's a good old saw. It's got its own table. It's nice. So uh, I've been using it, and, uh, well, we got a new tile floor, and um, and I'm someday I'm going to get the pocket door in, and uh, and so, but until then, I put the old door up. Well, it's too long, so... So I got to cut the bottom off. So of course, uh, I don't want to get the circular saw out and do all that. So I'll just use this radial arm, turn it sideways, and rip it. So Elizabeth and I are trying to go through and rip the bottom of this door off. We got all about about two inches, and then all of a sudden we kind of got the door cattywampus, you know, and and the, the you know how that, that sound the blade gets in a bind. And before I could turn it off or get it straightened out, it burned up. I know, and. Uh, I'm like, there's a reset button, and again, this is a 1950s saw, so there's a reset button on it, and I'm hitting the reset button. I'm like, hopefully it just, just hopefully that's all it is, and I've, that doesn't work. I turned it on, turned it off, I unplugged it. I thought, well, maybe I broke the breaker, so it's been sitting there for a couple of days. I, get, I went, I thought, maybe that's it. So I went down, and I checked all the breakers, you know, flipped all the breakers. That wasn't it. No, I burned up the saw, you know, and uh, I was just thinking today, I thought, because I was looking at it today, as a matter of fact, because... You know what's weird is I got an emotional attachment to this DeWalt <laughs> radio alarm saw. Uh, not because I couldn't go to Lowe's or Home Depot or something and buy a nice new radio alarm saw. I could use this as an excuse to get something even nicer. But right, it's got I have a, it has a sentimental value, and uh, I really would like to get it fixed. But anyway, uh, the point is is that you know what I got to let go of that. I was just thinking about that today. I thought you know I got to let go, and then just right across my the garage. I got a I got a machinist finish. It was my grandfather's. He made it as an apprentice up at Armco back or Sheffield Steel back in the day, uh, and so I keep that in my garage. And I got an old radial arm saw in my garage, 
and they're both going back to the, you know, that, that, that machinist bench is going to the early part of the previous century. And, uh, and that stuff, uh, it has a, a, sac- a, a, a meaning to me. But at the end of the day, you know what? It's all going to burn. It ain't going to make it. And so I was having a conversation with the Lord about that radio alarm saw today about, you know, I should probably just scrap that and, uh, and let go. Because you know what? Eventually we all have to come to the point where we're, we're faced to forsake the temporal for the promise, the eternal. And, I, and God just used that in my life today. This is like, this is, illustration isn't old. Just today, I was sitting there looking at that old saw going, you know, I'm just going to have to give up on that saw eventually. And it's a temporal thing. It doesn't mean anything in eternity. It's going to burn. And uh, you know what? You just, you know, someday there's going to come a day when I'm going to, if the Lord tarries, I'll take my last breath. And uh, all everything that we hold dear just fades away. And once we get to the other side, it ain't going to mean a hill of beans. <laughs> that saw ain't going to matter. The machinist bench isn't going to matter. The house I live in isn't going to matter. But you know what? We get this emotional attachment to stuff, don't we? And that's not all bad, by the way. Uh, because, uh, but we definitely need to make sure that we have the right attachment. Because really the only thing that we're going to take with us in the future is the promises of this book right here. And the relationships we have. We had a young man accept Christ today, praise God, after church. So that was awesome. So that's eternal value. All right, so we celebrate Independence Day. I just heard an incredible, I don't know why it was on today, but Bot Radio, I just happened to flip through the channels. I got tired of listening to the Christian Top 40. And I was flipping through the channels, and uh, I hit Bot Radio, and they had this an old excerpt of Paul Harvey. And he was going through the Founding Fathers. You guys ever heard that, where he goes through the Founding Fathers and talks about Oh, you heard it too? Yeah, wasn't that good? And he, uh, Paul, he just runs an old clip of Paul Harvey talking about everything the founding fathers lost and sacrificed to found, uh, you know, to, to put their name on the Declaration of Independence. And uh, it's a, it's quite a good, it's a good little uh, excerpt that he had there. And so we celebrate Independence Day because men put their fortunes and their lives and their sacred honor on the line for an intangible cause called liberty. And God often uh, calls us uh, upon his spiritual troops to muster their faith to liberate the souls of captives. And so the battlefield is the mind, and the prize is the hearts of men. And the weapons of our warfare are not physical, but spiritual, and utilized in faith that's able to deliver souls from the strongholds of spiritual darkness. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 2 says this in verse 1, and I'm going to read it for time's sake. Thou therefore, my son, uh, 2 Timothy 2, verse one, thou therefore, my son, son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the thing that thou hast heard of me, the things, uh, not the thing, the things, plural, that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier." And so a minister of the gospel must be strong in faith and grace if they wish to commit the teachings of Jesus Christ to other faithful, um, faithful men uh, that will stand under fire. And so, um, so as we finish the keys, we end up where we began, which is seeing Jesus. Remember in verse 1, therefore, and you, cause therefore is, you know, you got to see what it's there for. You go back to the, the previous chapter. Um, you know, seeing we have this ministry, uh, we faint not. Um, but uh, but even to this day, Moses, he, he talks about the minds in verse 14 of chapter 
3, but their minds were blinded, uh, for until this day remains the same veil, untaken away by the reading of the Old Testament. Israel was blind, but we're not. We're able to see. And so we finish the same way we end. He says, while we look, notice in verse 1, chapter 4, he says, therefore seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. He ends it saying, while we look, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. We don't look at temporary things, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we, we end the way we begin. In, ha- in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus. That's what we're looking unto. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're uh, looking at is Jesus. While we look at the things, um, looking at unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So in Hebrews 12, we see that Jesus, uh, he, didn't, he didn't get caught up in the cross. Obviously, it was a big deal in time, but in light of eternity, it was a light affliction, although it was a major affliction. But in the scope of eternity, it was just for a moment. And so our race starts with seeing Jesus at our salvation, right? He's the author. Our race concludes with standing before Jesus' throne, uh, where our faith will be sight. Uh, he is the finisher of our faith. And so eventually, everything that we believe about what God has said will come to pass, and it, it, we'll be looking back on these days, remembering when we were believing God at his word, and then we'll be seeing him face to face, and he will, be the, he will be the finisher of our faith, not just the author of our faith, faith looking unto Jesus, the author and, Hebrews 12, to finisher of our faith. Right, So God authorizes this Bible. He's the author of our faith, but he's also the finisher of our faith. And so sometimes uh, we, uh, the shock of battle will distract us from the mission that God has called us. Um, we, we cannot fail to see Jesus, uh, share Jesus, and suffer for Jesus' sake. Uh, in, the, in the movie Black Hawk Down, there was a scene about uh, that battle at the, the Bakara uh, Market in Mogadishu, Somalia, 1993, which is a real battle. It's a real historical event. But in one scene, uh, the uh, actor Tom Sizemore, playing uh, your basic tough guy U.S. Army Ranger colonel, uh, is in charge of a small convoy of Humvees. <clears throat> and uh, he's trying to make it their way back to the base under heavy gun and rocket fire. And so the colonel stops the convoy and, and takes in some wounded um, and tears the dead driver out of the driver's seat and barks at a bleeding sergeant who's standing in shock nearby. And the colonel says, get into the truck and drive. And the sergeant says, but I'm shot, colonel. And the colonel says, everybody's shot. Get in and drive, you know. And, uh, you know, those are, those are metaphors. Everybody's shot. Get in and drive, right? And those, that's a metaphor for words. But the reality is, is that, you know, you <clears throat> that gentleman had to get in the car and drive even under heavy fire. And, uh, and so sometimes uh, life will throw very difficult things at us, and we're, we're, like, a, we're like that sergeant. It's like we're going to go into shock. But the reality is, is that we've got to stay focused on the voice of the Lord, and you have to go forward. Now, here in, right now in America, as bad as people feel like things are, they're really not very bad. They're pretty leisurely even now. Uh, but we know, I know you've lived in real poverty, not yourself, but you've been exposed to real difficulties and uh living in guatemala and we deal with people you know when you're in a village and you have no backup plan there's no plan b no plan c 
and you're preaching the gospel in Orissa State or on the border of Andhra Pradesh and the, the villagers want to kill you, well, guess what? There's really not a backup plan. If that's what Jesus allows, that's what he allows, you know. And the reality for folks is that Jesus, not they, they believe so much in what Jesus says is there's no other plan. There's no other option. They can't bear to go back to their Hindu gods, uh, and, they're, and they're not going to go. They have to go forward. They have to trust Jesus. They have to do the right thing, and they have to let go of all the temporal things. And those, diffi- those difficult times, God gives folks the grace uh, you know, to go forward by faith. So the reality of our ministry is that everybody has been shot. That's the truth. You know what? Uh, everyone's wounded nowadays. Uh, everyone seems to be a victim. But the curse of sin has not escaped a single soul. There's not one person alive that has not been affected by the curse of sin. Sin affects every one of us. And so our credibility rests in the faith we display as we suffer loss for Jesus' sake. So Paul was able to suffer one loss after the next loss, after the next loss, after the next loss, after the next loss, and still just keep coming back with all this power, love, and sound mind, all this joy of the Lord that was his strength. Uh, Because he was so focused on finishing the race that nothing could keep him and detour him uh, in this life. And so he was willing to count all things but loss, even count them as dung. He didn't value them uh, for the excellency of the glory of Christ Jesus his Lord. And so there's a lot that we can learn from the sufferings of the Apostle Paul. The suffering God uh, asks us to do, <coughs> uh, asks us to do, I'm sorry, the suffering that God asks us to do does not compare to the glory that uh, will someday be revealed in us. So don't lose your credibility keys, right? So if we get despondent and we get to the point that we're like, woe is me, the sky is falling. That's not to say we don't have difficult days, you know. Uh, when you look at Job's life, Job moaned, he moaned and he groaned, right? Uh, but there's, I mean, when you're suffering, you're suffering. But at the end of the day, you know what? At, at the end of the day, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It's easy for me to say, right? But when we're suffering, it's a lot harder sometimes. So we want to make sure that we see Jesus, we share Jesus, and we suffer well for Jesus' sake. And I, answer, I put well in there because we can suffer poorly. So let's, if we suffer, let's suffer well. Yes, ma'am. Amen. There's confidence. Confidence is the key, isn't it? So nothing that ever he faced was going to eclipse his faith. Um, there are some things that we can expect today. Um, you can expect trouble today. So if you expect trouble, you're not surprised by it. Um, you can expect eternal results today, um, and you can expect eternal rewards tomorrow, and you can exercise your faith in all of those things. You know. So. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of having a realistic balance on what you can expect today and what you can expect tomorrow when you go to heaven and so anyway praise the lord i hope uh hope that was a blessing next time we get together we'll finally be in chapter five so that'll be good all right well um you can turn me off jamie and uh, i want to just bring up a couple of things